Pastor Nathaniel A. Urshan, God bless you. Let's continue to clap our hands unto the Lord and give him praise today. Let's just love him together. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't he worthy today? Isn't Jesus worthy today? Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. What an honor and a privilege it is to be with you here, the great congregation, assembly of First Apostolic Church. Isn't it house of the Lord this morning? Amen. It's good to be. And I want to give honor to your pastor and pastor's wife, my brother and my sister-in-law. I don't need to tell you this, but they are wonderful people of God. Amen. And we both were born in Memphis, Tennessee, and as well as our sister, I believe, was born in Indianapolis. And we have roots there. And to watch God put people in strategic places in the kingdom of God, who could have known that decades later God would plant a great man of God in Cincinnati, Ohio. And there would be people here lifting up and praising the name of Jesus. We serve a great God this morning. Yes, we do. We serve a great God. And His name is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's always a pleasure to be with them and to feel the presence of the Lord. We love it when we're able to come and be with you. And it's great to see people here that we know. And I'm even more excited to see people I don't know. God is blessing the church here. And we are excited to, to see what God's bringing to pass. Amen. I want to give honor to uh, Brother and Sister Buller. Amen. Love and appreciate them. <laughs> Wonderful people of God. <clears throat> so integral to the work here and brother and sister Enos amen we love them so much and appreciate the Enoses we go a long ways back amen and he he had me out and my wife and I and I believe it was Joseph no Joseph couldn't come he got mad because he couldn't go uh, he was two years old and was angry at us but we went to Germany and got to see them and the great work they did there and they've impacted the world they have impacted the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But most of all, I'm glad Jesus is here today. Amen. He's the lily of the valley. And he's the bright and the morning star. And he's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Praise God. And I've come to magnify him just like you have. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Amen. 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 If you've got your Bible, go ahead and open to the book of Luke chapter 9 and I am very aware that it is Christmas Eve I'm very aware that I stand between this congregation and Yuletide and there's gifts and there's food and so whoo but I think it's all right that we break a little spiritual bread this morning amen amen Luke chapter 9 
And I'm going to read verse 62. Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. My brother has an amazing revelation on who Jesus is. And you can hear it when he speaks. Because you have to know who Jesus is to know that every song is about Christmas and is about Jesus. And every day is a celebration of Jesus. And everything we're doing right now is teaching or reinforcing the fact that Jesus is God. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And so today, I, I thought, Lord, do you want me to preach a Christmas message? And I, I felt impressed of the Lord that, that any message that is about Jesus Christ is going gonna, is gonna to fit that mold. And so today, by the help of the Lord, I want to preach a message I've entitled, Fit for the Kingdom. Fit for the Kingdom. Amen. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, I want to be fit for God's purpose. Amen. 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 God bless you. You can be seated this morning. I, I can't help but note that it seems as if, it seems as if sacred institutions are under assault in the world we live in. If the devil can twist something that God meant for good, you can, you can just about guarantee that it's going to come under assault. We have seen the spirit of this age try to twist what marriage means and try to twist what um, the things that we've held sacred and dear for many, many years. The devil wants to corrupt those ideas, change them from their original intent and purpose all the way down to what a man is and what a woman is. Um... And, and as, as concerning as that is, I am, I'm always going to look to Jesus and it helps me to know through the word of God that as dark as that gets, the brighter the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ shines. Well, people are losing their identity. Well, what better way than for the church to stand up and say, this is what, this is what God's people look like. This is the city that is set on a hill, and this is the light that's put on the candlestick, and it cannot be hid, and this is what marriage looks like, and this is what children who love the Lord look like, and this is what a man looks like, this is what a woman looks like, and, and all of that reflects on what our God looks like. Our world needs to see Jesus. How many believe that today? Our world needs to see Jesus. Amen. And so we're watching this. We're watching it happen very rapidly. It's happening very, very quickly. Um, 
And the truth is, when, when a man and a woman are in their place in God and fulfilling God-ordained roles, they are powerful. There's, there's nothing more powerful than a, a woman of God that is ordained of God and anointed by God. Uh, the world would project an image of sensuality and an image of seduction. That's not what God promotes. Uh, God promotes a godly woman, and a godly woman has the power to change the course of a nation. A godly woman can take a baby, put him into a little boat, send him down a river with an escort, and change the course of the millennia and bring forth a deliverer, amen, that will set the people free, amen. That's the power of a godly woman. And there is power in a godly man, a godly man, um, something dynamic about a man who steps into his God-given role and says, I'm not what society says I am. I'm not what the entertainment world says I am, but I am a man of God. I want to be what God's called me to be. Amen. I don't want to be what um, Hollywood wants me to be. I don't want to be what social media says I have to be. You know, everybody's got a, they have their real life and then they have their social media life. In the social media life, nobody is hurt. Nobody is in pain. Everybody is wonderful. They all have wonderful friends. They're all very beautiful. Nobody has roles in social media. We, we have apps that we can take those away and, and we can nip and we can tuck and we can stretch and we can do all kind of stuff in the make-believe world. Amen. But I don't want to be what, what so many others want me to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. I, I, people can laugh and people can mock and they can say, you go to that holy rolling church. You go to that tongue-talking church. You go to that Holy Ghost church. But I'm not worried about what they say. What, what, what concerns me is, is at the end of my life, if he looks at me and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. And so, I'm talking about a fit man. A fit woman. Someone who is prepared. They are ready. They are qualified for the purpose of God. That when the storm comes, and the storm will come, that they are ready to do the work of the Lord. When, when idols are erected and fiery furnaces are built, there has to be fit men who are ready to stand up straight and say, everybody else may not do it, but I'm going to serve the Lord. When, when lion's dens are prepped and everybody's worshiping, there has to be a fit man that says, I'll still throw open the window and I'll still worship the God of my fathers. There has to be a fit man. When, when the enemy comes against God's people, there has to be a woman that can step to the forefront and say, Mordecai can't do it and others can't do it, but I'll go before the king and I'll, my petition will be answered and I'm ready for the service. Of the Lord. A fit man. Now this idea of the fit man, the fit woman, 
it, it's, it has the idea of preparedness. It holds within it the idea of being ready, being able. And the roots of it are found in Leviticus 16, where the process of atonement was given. And, and Moses looked at them and said, here's how you're going to do it, Israel. You're going to atone for the sins of the people. One manner of atonement is you'll take the blood of the lamb, and that blood will be shed. And, and the sins of Israel will be rolled back. And there'll be atoning, an atoning work that is done. And Jesus today is our lamb. Amen. I'm thankful that he came. But then there would be another administration of redemption. And, and it looked like this. He said, you're going to take two goats. And one goat is going to be a sin offering. It's going to be given unto the Lord. And its blood will be atoning. And its sacrifice will be atoning. And, and you're going to take the sins of Israel and the blood's going to be shed. And one goat will be sacrificed unto the Lord. But then there's going to be a second goat. And the second goat is interesting because Aaron is going to go to that goat and is going to put his hands on the head of that goat. There's, there's a transference in the scripture when you lay hands on somebody. If you ever wonder why we lay hands on people when they come up to be prayed for, that's because there is a transference from one to the other. It's symbolic that there's a God in heaven who's going to reach down and put his hand on you. Amen. And, oh, and, and Israel did it to his sons when he laid his hands on them. And, and Jesus did it to the apostles when he laid his hands upon them. And we do it when we lay our hands on you. Is there anybody sick in the house today? Call for the elders of the church and they'll anoint you with oil. And they'll lay their hands on you and the prayer of faith is able to save the sick. And in this administration, Aaron would lay his hands on the head of that goat. And instead of transferring blessing, a curse would be transferred. Onto the head of that goat. And that's where we get the idea of a scapegoat. They call it a scapegoat. Where all of the bad things that I did is being transferred onto this animal. Amen. And, and if you want to know what Jesus did for you. And why the angels rejoiced. And why the shepherds came and thanked God. I, I'll tell you it's because there is a scapegoat. We preach about the lamb, and we preach about the bullock, and we preach about the blood. We preach about all that, and we sing about it, and rightfully so. But there's not a whole lot of songs written to the scapegoat. But I'm glad he's my scapegoat. Because there's some things that are in my life that I needed to transfer onto somebody else. Because I'm going to die without the help of a holy God who will take my sins and who will go away and take them far away. Amen. Jesus was saying, I'll take your failure. I'll take your wretchedness. I'll take that low down dirty side of you. That goat side of you. Oh, we look good today. Everybody's dressed up. Everybody's ties carefully knotted. Everybody's hair's carefully combed and we're perfumed and we are ready and dresses are pretty and hairdos are put together and we we've put our best foot forward and we all look like lambs today 
But I've been preaching just long enough to know that not everybody's a lamb and there's a goat side to life. And there's a side that you ever smell a billy goat? You ever been any around a billy goat? It's an unpleasant thing. It's a terrible thing. And that's how some people are. Come on, be honest. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some wives looking at husbands going, mm-hmm. I know you're looking like you're holy in here today. And, and we are, and we thank God. But everybody he makes mistakes, and everybody had bad, has bad days. And, and we're not always at our best, and sometimes we give off a smell that's not always Christ-like. Jesus came to die for people even like that. In our humanity, in our brokenness, in, when we're not dignified, when we don't have it all together. He said, I've got a solution for you too. I'll take your sin. I'll take your self-will. I'll take your stubbornness and your rebellion and I'll take it upon me I'll take it all upon me I'm so thankful praise God I'm so thankful for what Jesus did somebody said brother Urshan I'm, I'm, I can't go to church I'm a hypocrite I would be a hypocrite. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know that, that this week I know something's going to happen. And there's, there's people here even right now saying, I, I don't even deserve to be here right now. I can't go to church. I'm just an old miserable goat. And you're right. And so is everybody else. Jesus has a plan for you too. He has a plan for me. It's not that you're bad. It's that your flesh is bad. And on your worst day, Jesus has blood that'll take every one of those illicit thoughts, every one of those self-willed decisions, every bit of dirt that hurts somebody else. He said, I got blood for you. I've got atonement for you. And I'll take it. I'll take every bit of it on myself. And you can walk in a free man. And a free woman, you can lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Hey, Kalaboshata, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Anybody glad for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? You want to talk about joy to the world? Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Then Aaron said, and let you choose out a fit man to take that goat and to take him out into the wilderness that he never come back again. Choose you out a fit man to do the work of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I think God's raising up fit men. He's raising up capable women. 
Amen. He's raising up people that are come to do the service of the Lord. Does it sometimes stink? Yes. Is it sometimes unpleasant? Yes. Does it have its drawbacks? You better believe it. We're living in a sinful world and a fallen world. But I need a fit man to come in here and to handle the business of sacrifice and the business of... I've got children, and so I'm going to step into the service of the Lord. I've got a family, so I'm going to step into the service of the Lord. (laughs) Because we're going to take that. The stuff that the humanity, the, the, the bitterness, the, the, the self-willedness, the animal nature. <laughs> you get enough people into a, in one location for a long enough time, you're going to have problems. Somebody's going to do something crazy. <sighs> Somebody's going to do something dumb. And, and you, can, you, can, you can throw your hands up and say, well, that's it. I'm not going back to church. Hey, everybody's a hypocrite in church. Well, you don't stop going to the car mechanic because you have a hypocritical car mechanic. <laughs> they robbed me. They, 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 they got me for $500 on my engine. I'm never going back to a car mechanic ever again. You don't do that if you have a hypocritical barber. If you have a hypocritical insurance salesman, don't get me started on the car salesman now. Watch out. Oh, if you sell cars, we love you. God bless you. We, Jesus loves you too. And, and, and there's all manner of fields where there's hypocrisy and there's fallenness and there's treachery and there's humanity. But somehow in the church, it gets the bad rap. There's always going to be hypocrites because there's always going to be people. And be careful how you point the finger because... I'm not a perfect man preaching to perfect people. I'm a human being preaching to other human beings. And there are, I need Jesus just like you need Jesus. And I need him to have his way in my life right now. And I need him to take my sins. That goat, that's you and me. Goats are crazy. Goats, goats eat all the grass they're not supposed to eat. They eat the leaves they're not supposed to eat. You, you put a fence around the goat, the goat will ignore all the green grass right there, and it'll reach its neck through to the green grass there on the other side. And there are some folks that have a hard time in the fencing systems that we've built in life. And they're always trying to stretch their neck into the other pasture to grab a hold of something when God's given them everything they need right here. Jesus came to save people like that too. Self-willed. You don't lead goats. You lead sheep. The shepherd gets in front of sheep. And, and, they, and he leads them, and they follow him. They know the voice of the shepherd, and so they follow the, the shepherd. But goats, you don't lead them. You drive goats. 
You get behind the goats and you crack the whip and, and you herd them and you got to have dogs and they're always going that way and they're always going that way. The, the goat is the carnal man. It's the carnal woman. When the pastor's always behind a person and, and don't do that. Stop. You can't do I, We already talked about that. Now, <sighs> Kevin, I don't ever want you coming in my office again. I just told you. <laughs> I'm talking about goats. <laughs> They're stubborn. They're self-willed. And if we're honest, it's me and you. When, when, I, when I walk into a prayer room, I'm changing my goat nature into a sheep nature. <clears throat> I walk into that prayer room because I'm thinking like a goat. I'm not thinking like a sheep. Help me, Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Ghost, Jesus. Cast me not away from thee and take not thy Holy Spirit from me and restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Let your Holy Ghost baptize me. Let your spirit rain down on me. Change me from my old man into my new man. I need you. I'm not a good husband without Jesus. I'm not a good father without Jesus. I'm not a good man. Hallelujah. Well, I'm no good, Brother Urshan. No, your flesh is no good. So what we do with goats is we get rid of them. And we raise sheep. Amen. You got to be careful about that goat. Because we need fit men. To take the failures into the wilderness. We need capable men. To, to go and take those failures and lead them far away. They say that goats have a, an amazing sense of direction. And in and, and ancient Palestine, they would take them up to 12 miles out. And then they would jump on the horse and they would run back and leave the goat in the wilderness. Because, because if you're not careful, that goat will make its way back. I need fit men to handle the business of redemption. Because if, if you're not ready to do the work of the Lord, your repented Sins and things that you thought were under the blood and things that you thought you took care of, they have a way of working their way back towards you. You thought you put it under the blood, but you didn't take it out far enough. Amen. There's things that'll come back on you. Hey man, well, I've got a problem with things I'm looking at, Brother Urshan. It's time to get filled with the Holy Ghost. It's time to get it under the blood. It's time to be a man of God, a woman of God. And I'm going to pray every day because I'm fit. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to call on the name of Jesus because I'm fit. If I have trouble at midday, I'm going to find a prayer closet and say, Jesus, I need you right now. Let your Holy Ghost order my steps. Wash my mind. Wash my, in the name of Jesus. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace Whose mind is stayed on thee So I'm going to praise him in the morning I'm going to praise him in the evening I'm going to praise him when the sun goes down Because I'm going to be fit What are you doing? I'm taking it out far enough to where it can't come back 
I thought you repented of that last week. Well, it made its way back. Because I quit praying. Because I quit going to church. Going to church is a big deal. Well, I'll sit home and watch televangelists and I... And I'll say prayers because the Lord is my shepherd. Mm, yeah. Hey, listen, I know Jesus answers prayers at home, and I know you can pray in the shower, and I know you can pray while you're driving to work, but there is no substitute for the corporate worship of the body of Jesus Christ. There's something powerful when, when how, how good and how pleasant when brethren dwell together in unity. There's an anointing that is unleashed. You can praise God all you want to, but I need the body of Christ. I need, I need somebody to help me praise him. Hey, I didn't just come to praise him, but I want to praise his name together. Together. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Come and go with me to my father's house. Woo. Come on into the house of God. The preaching makes me fit. The prayer makes me fit. The worship makes me fit for the kingdom. Every message they preach, it's driving that goat further away. Every song they sing, it's driving the goat further away. Every altar call, I'm lifting my hands. And my carnal nature is a distant memory. You don't want to be with me when I'm like I was like I used to be you know I don't want to be like that I don't want to talk like that I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus this is why God told Cain he said you're wrath you better take that thing out and get rid of it Cain because if you do well you'll be accepted but if not it crouches at the door It lies in wait. It finds its way back to you. Old habits, they sniff their way back. They, they find direction. They, they work their way from the... It used to be so far off, but if you don't diligently deal with that, it will work its way back. Old habits you thought that you buried in the, under the blood a long time ago, they'll make their way back because you haven't been fit Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You think there's no hope because you can't overcome certain things that you're wrestling with, certain habits that you're wrestling with. I'm here to tell you, Jesus has an answer for you. He's a scapegoat. You let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Open your mouth and praise his name. Let the Holy Ghost baptize you. He'll make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. And then you do it again. 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 On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and twice on Sunday. You do it again. You praise Him again. You shout again. You sing again. Because I'm fit for the kingdom. I need a fit man. You 
you're not more evil than the next guy. You're more undisciplined. You don't have a sin problem. You have a prayer problem. Praise God. It'll happen in the wilderness. They'd take it out into the wilderness to where it couldn't make its way back. God will take you out in the wilderness to see what you're going to do. It's not a matter of if you have a wilderness experience. It's a matter of when you have a wilderness experience. And if he takes you out in the wilderness and the temptation grabs you and, and the evil grabs you and, and the wilderness is an in-between point between your initial salvation and, and the promise of God. Hey, God has promises for everybody in this house right now. He wants you blessed. He wants you prospering. He wants to absolutely cause your barns to overflow with increase. But you got to get through the wilderness first. He'll take you out. Israel went out into the wilderness, and when they went out, they didn't make it back right. They never dealt with things in the wilderness. Matter of fact, they fell in the wilderness. But I'm talking about a fit man today. Because I have a Savior that not only is he the sheep, and not only is he the scapegoat, and not only is he the high priest, and not only is the temple and the tabernacle, but he's also the fit man. Hey, I'm not a Boshiah. I need the spirit of Jesus Christ inside of me because he's the only man that ever walked out of the wilderness and said, I overcame the wilderness. I overcame the temptation. I overcame the fall. I overcame. It was a silent night. It was a holy night because Jesus came into this world. He came into this wilderness. And he took my sins far away. Oh. See, I, if, you, if you go looking for it, you'll find people's mistakes. You'll find them. If you dwell upon it long enough, you'll see where somebody messed up. Where somebody did it wrong. But, but if you drag that back to the camp. And you rejoice in people's failures. You're not sheep. You're a scavenger. You'll never see sheep looking at roadkill. You'll never see a flock of sheep sitting around a squashed deer. Licking, licking their lips. Mm -hmm. Now you'll see vultures. You'll see pigs. You might even see dogs if they get hungry enough. But you won't see sheep doing it. If you ever see people gathered around a train wreck licking their lips, they're not sheep. They're unclean. Did you hear what happened? Girl, I don't know. 
And I ain't going to talk about anybody but. <laughs> Gathered around the mistakes. Gathered around the failures. Picking at it. Feeding off of it. There's something attractive in the death that attracts the scavenger and attracts, attracts the unclean. The, listen, the problem is not the problem. The problem is you pulling it back out and, and tearing. There will always be problems, but I need a fit man that can grab a hold of that and say, not in my house, not in my marriage, not in my children, not in my church, not in my youth. Not in God's house. I'm taking it out. I'm taking it out. It's not going to happen. Not while I'm here. I'm a fit man. I don't want to hear what happened. I don't want to know who did what. I want him to find a place of repentance. I want them to go to heaven. I'm not rejoicing in their fall. I'm broken hearted. Because I'm a fit man. Whew. And it's never fun when you're going through the tough time, through the wilderness where God tries you and, and God takes you. You've got to go out there and you've got to deal. But, but if you're a fit man, you understand it's got to be done. There's an awareness that comes on a fit, man. I've been preaching a long time. I'm sorry. Let me, let me close things up here. There's some generational curses in families that somebody in that family has to say, that's the last time that ever happens. My grandpa wrestled with that. My daddy wrestled with that. I wrestled with that, and in the name of Jesus, that's the last drink I'm ever going to take. That's the last problem I'm ever... Come here. Come here. You're not going to get my baby. You're not going to get my marriage. You're not going to get my young people. In the name of Jesus. I'm taking you out of the camp. I'm taking you far away. We're not going to talk like that. We're not going to dress like that. We're not going to live like that. And it takes a fit man to grab a hold of that rebellion. Choose you out a fit man. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I wish somebody would just reach out. Reach out and grab a hold of Jesus right now, right where you are. In the name of Jesus, right now, I'm dragging it out of the camp right now. Hey, I'm dragging it out of the camp right now. You are not going to infect my son with that garbage. You are not going to affect, you are not going to affect my daughter with that trash. In the name of Jesus.
And when the fit man came back, Aaron said he will wash his garments and he will burn his old clothes. I don't want any of that left on me. I've got a new life. I've got a new future. Hey, Kyle, don't push up. My, I can just see, I can just see that man when he walked back in, smiling. My failures were taken away. The stuff I don't want people talking about, God took it away. The stuff that I lay awake at night, agonizing over, God took it away. David didn't want to go out into the wilderness. David didn't want to run from Saul. But God was having a fit man go out into the wilderness. And he was taking all the stuff that needed to be dealt with. And he was leaving it out there. So that when he walked back into the camp, he was ready to be a king. And he was ready to be a ruler. And he was ready to drive the Philistines away. Ready to drive the Midianites away. Ready for the crown to sit on his head. Nobody wants... Saul chasing him. Nobody wants to be falsely accused. No, but that's what happens in the wilderness. That's what happens when you take the atonement process and you go far into the wilderness. You want to know why David danced before the Lord? Because he had come back in from the wilderness. And that's also why he didn't care what Michael thought of him. See, be real careful when you laugh at people who shout and dance because you don't know where they've been. They've been out in the wilderness. They've overcome stuff. They've seen stuff and they made it back and they said, I left my sins out there and I'm, I burned my old clothes. Hey, I've washed my sins. Why are you dancing? David, why are you shouting on, on Christmas Eve at First Apostolic? Why are you on your, shh, 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 shh calm down. You, she go, yeah, we, got, we got family here. We got visitors. They're going to think, they already think you're crazy. Don't, don't give them something else to, to think we're crazy about. But he looked up at Michael and said, you weren't there when the lion roared against me. You weren't there when the bear charged out of the thicket. You weren't there when Goliath roared in the valley of Elah. You weren't there when your backslidden father tried to throw a javelin at me. You weren't there on the cold nights where God kept me and God sustained me and God watched over me. And now that I'm back from the wilderness, you think I'm going to sit here quiet? I made it back. I made it back. I made it back. I made it back. There's a fit man. There's a fit man. Ah, the question is not. The question is not, why am I down here dancing? The question is, why aren't you down here with me? Praise him with me. Shout with me. Love him with me. 
He took my sins away. He brought me back. Let's stand. Ah. I'm talking to some young men, some young ladies right now. You need to grab a hold of that goat and say, today's the last day you bother me. Today's the last day. You're not coming back. In the name of Jesus, you're not coming back. I'm not going to let my wife down one more time. I'm not going to let my husband down one more time. I'm taking you out so far and you are never coming back. Oh, somebody lift your hands right now. The Holy Ghost is talking to people right now. The Holy Ghost is talking to people right now. Choose you out, fit men. Right now, right now where you are, I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your voice right where you're at in the name of Jesus. I'm doing this for my family, Brother Urshan. I'm doing this for my children and my grandchildren. Ah, I got to grab a hold of that. I got to get that out of here. I'm going to open this altar on a Christmas Eve Sunday morning. Somebody come. Somebody come and lift your hands. Won't you come? Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Say, I'm grabbing a hold of my self-will. I'm grabbing a hold of my bad habit. Choose you out, fit men. Choose you out, fit men. I'm fit for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Bring your praise. What are you doing? I'm pushing it further out into the wilderness. I don't ever want it coming back again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, go ahead, go ahead. There are some things I wish weren't there. I'm going to transfer them onto the scapegoat. In the name of Jesus. God's choosing fit men, fit women for the kingdom of the Most High God. Right now, right now, right now, right now. 
name of Jesus. Holiness Put your hand upon them right now, God. Put your hand upon them right now, Jesus. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with your power. Righteousness, righteousness. I'm speaking your name over them right now, Jesus. I'm speaking your name over them right now. Let your spirit over them.